because I feel like I'm like I'm just just switching gears quickly here, but remind you of, of, a, of a couple things that are really important before I get into the message today. First thing is that um, because we're not having church today, um, we uh, uh, had a membership meeting planned for this Sunday morning. We're going to have to reschedule that. And so uh, if you were signed up for that, and some of you were, uh, we'll reschedule it later, so we'll get to announcing that at a later date. Also, next Sunday... Assuming that uh, we're able to meet in person next Sunday, and we will let you know as soon as we can. I'm supposed to be off, me and Suzanne, off of, off of quarantine the 8th, so it shouldn't be a problem as long as there's not a, a wider, you know, kind of outbreak in our church. Uh, we'll be back because then next Sunday, uh, we have something really exciting to do. We are going to be able to introduce to you the community youth pastor that we've been talking to, um, and, Andre Pertle, um, and he's going to be with us in the beginning of our service. He's going to start with us, and he's going to go over to, to New Life Church in Grafton after that. And I'm going to get to introduce him and his wife to you next Sunday. And um, we're launching that ministry mid-January. We'll be launching that community youth ministry, and so we're super excited. So you'll get to meet Andre and his wife next Sunday here in church. Um, and then one other thing to remind you of, the 20th of December will be our kids, kind of kids service on Sunday. You know how on Sundays we always had a play? Well, this year we can't have a play, but we are doing a kids service. They're doing readings, we're, they're singing songs, some other special people are singing songs, some of those have been pre-recorded, and uh, we're going to have a fun celebration service on December 20th, and so you want to plan on being here for that. It's going to be a great time. So, have you been enjoying our uh, time in Philippians I know I have been. I was at the when I was at the doctor getting tested for COVID, and they they gave me a rapid test because I was a pastor. It was Saturday night, and they said, uh, which by the way, the test was wrong. <laughs> but uh, they they uh, um, you know I had to save my occupation, and they said, oh, okay, you're a pastor. We have to get you because you you know you're around a lot of people. And um, the lady said to me, the doctor, so what have you been preaching about lately? And I have no idea if she knew the Lord at all. And uh, she said, what have you been preaching about? And I said, you know what? We've been preaching uh, through the book of Philippians because it's about Paul being joyful in the midst of struggle, and as a matter of fact, in imprisonment. And um, she sat there and listened. She said, that, that's, like, that makes sense. And uh, I was able to share with her how Christianity is really sensible, that, uh, that God loves our real life and loves to help us in real ways. And the message, uh, the scriptures we're going to look at today um, is is really practical in that way, and it's really helpful. So, um, so let's look at it. We're going to look at grab your Bible if you want. We're going to look at Philippians chapter three verses twenty and twenty one in a minute. But let me put those in context for you. Uh, you may remember that last week we started looking at verses twelve through twenty one. This whole section of chapter three of Philippians, and we found as we began to unpack those verses that the apostle Paul was writing about how. He desires to be more fully connected with Jesus so that he would become more like Jesus in every way. Matter of fact, he said, I want to be like him in his life, in his power. I want to be like him in his suffering and his death. I want to be like him in his resurrection. I want to be like Jesus in every way. And he said that his desire um, to know Jesus um, was the prize that he was going after. It was the goal he was, he was reaching for. And so last Sunday, we looked at those first verses that talked about that, and we found that Paul explained how he and you and I could go after that prize of that deeper life with Jesus, a life of deeper connection with Jesus. And we found that he'd said it in very, some very practical things that we could do to get to move in that direction. 
and I don't know if you remember him, but from chapter, chapter 3, verse 13, he said this. He said, in order to move forward, you've got to forget what's in the past. You've got to forget what lies behind, he says. Basically saying not relying on the past, not relying on your, your past's spiritual victories, but you need a vibrant life today, but also not letting the, the, the problems of your past hold you back. Understand that, that you've been forgiven in Christ, and God's not holding anything against you when you're with him. So he says, forget the past. And then he says, reach for the prize. Go reach for the goal of this, of this he said, the upward call in Christ, this idea of this life of integration with Jesus. And, he, and he basically we saw this. We, he, he said, look for what can be. Look for what can be um, that you can live a life where you become more and more like Jesus. And we talked about how we have excuses sometimes. Well, I can't. I'm too old, whatever. And we said, no. The scriptures that we looked at said, no, Jesus got a hold of you so that this could happen. So it's not just your good idea to want to become more like him. It's God's plan for you to be formed in Christ like this. So once it's God's plan, I know I can participate in it. And so he said, you know, forget what lies behind, reach for what lies ahead. But then he said, and also make sure that you spend time with the right people. Hang around with the right people that are going to lead you in the right direction, not lead you in the wrong direction. And he explains that the right ones to follow were the ones who lived and acted like Jesus. And that the ones we shouldn't follow are the ones that held the values and the desires of the world. And we said how important it was that to make sure the people you follow, you actually know. Meaning uh, you can't really know somebody on the Internet. You can't really know somebody on TV. But you can know people in your own world, you know, in our own community. You can know your own pastor. You can know your uh, uh, friends in the church. And he's saying follow the right people, and you have to know what they're like in order to do that. Now, in these verses... Um, that we just looked at, we referred to, Paul was just being very practical. He says that, we were saying that um, this is how you can move in a positive direction. And it's going to be really important for, for us to remember this because in the next two verses that we're going to look at, this is the same thing Paul's talking about. He's talking about still this idea of reaching for the goal or moving in a positive direction or growing to become more integrated with, like, with Jesus so you become more like him. And in these verses, he's not writing, we're going to look at now, he's not writing so much about the, like the process we can go through, the things we can do, but he's talking about more of the images we could hold in our mind, the idea we can have in our mind of what a life with Christ looks like so that those images or those ideas will shape how we see ourselves and then how we live our lives. So let's look at chapter 3, verses 20 and 21 together and see what, what Paul's saying, what images could shape our mind to, to inform us as to how we can live this life in a more rich way with Jesus, how we can live that out. So look at verse 20. It says, For our citizenship is in heaven, from which also we eagerly await for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform the body of our humble state into conformity with the body of his glory by the exertion of the power that he has even to subject all things to himself. Now, what we're talking, we said Paul's painting a picture here, a picture that he wants us to have of what our lives are supposed to look like so that if we hold this picture in our lives and we live according to it, it will, it will change our trajectory with Jesus. It will change how we live our lives here today. And the picture that Paul wants us to have about our life in Christ today, right now, present-day reality, is that we are, he's, what's he say here? He calls us citizens of heaven. And when, when Paul wrote that to the people at Philippi, it probably had a lot more um, 
fullness in the understanding, that image that it might have to you and I. We might just read past that, you know, citizens of heaven, I'm a citizen of America, yeah. And But they, it meant more to them, and I think it's really important for us to get here. It's for us to understand what Paul's trying to say to you and me about what it means, this picture in our mind of being citizens of heaven, this reality we can live out here, um, that if we get this reality, it'll change how we live in, in the world today. See, they would understand that more fully than us. And see, for the people in Philippi, um, they understood that that um, that Philippi was a Roman colony, that many of those who lived in Philippi were Roman citizens, and as Roman citizens living outside of Rome, they understood that their colony was to be a representation of Rome, kind of like a little Rome. They brought Roman culture and Roman rule to northern Greece, to where Philippi was, in order to expand Roman influence in the area. They were a colony of foreigners. They were Romans living in a different place in Philippi here. They were a colony of foreigners who, in their present residence, outside of their native country, were living according to the laws of the country of which they were citizens of, not according to the laws of the country in which they lived. See, they they lived as Romans among non-Romans in order to bring Roman values and Roman culture and Roman life to a new place. And in this situation, to bring that to Philippi. Now, this is the idea, this is the image that Paul wants you and I as Christians to have about our Christian life. That the church is a present-day colony of heaven. Think of that. The church is, even if we don't live it out fully, it is a present-day colony of heaven. That he says here, we are citizens of heaven. And that we are to bring the life and the rule of heaven to bear on earth. See, the Philippians, the Philippians completely understood that's what he meant. That they were Roman, Roman citizens came and they brought Roman life to Philippi. And they lived as a colony of Rome, even though they were away from Rome. And we are present day, a present-day colony of heaven. We are citizens of heaven, and we bring the life and the rule of heaven to bear on earth. Our families and our churches should be little colonies, little representations of heaven here on earth, where we're foreigners, where we're different than the people around us. Our families and our churches should reveal heaven. Think of that, meaning that we reveal lives lived under the rule and the reign of King Jesus, where we live safely under his loving care and with, his, with our whole hearts we worship and we serve him, loving him and loving one another as ourselves because that's the way life in heaven is supposed to be. You know, your family and this church is to be a colony of heaven when we can experience the realities of heaven's goodness here on earth as we interact in God's way towards each other. So we become, we, we, we reveal that reality of heaven amongst ourselves. And as I was thinking about this, I was just reminded, and I know we talked about it last Sunday, but I was reminded of our Thanksgiving service that we had a couple weeks ago, uh, the Tuesday before Thanksgiving, and how in the middle of that service, we called Robin uh, Brunkwell on the phone, and we sang to her, and we prayed with her, and we loved on her. We expressed the love of Jesus to her. And I thought, I don't know if there's a better example I could ever think of 
that would be a re- an example of us being a colony of heaven. That we acted like heaven. The reality, the love of heaven in the midst of a world, in her world right there where she's in a long-term care facility, um, a rehab facility rather, and, um, and not feeling very heavenly at the time. But we, as we interacted together, we brought heaven to earth. That's the mental picture that Paul is wanting to shape our lives. And if you just think about it, just think how this could change your life if you and I really owned this. You know, you are living in a world that tempts you. I am also in a world that tempts us in every possible way. It calls for us to be, you know, to be self-centered. This world calls for us to be greedy. It calls for us to be indulgent. It, it, you know, it, it calls, it, it, all these things that, that we know are not in line with the thinking of the kingdom. And it can be, it can be overwhelming because it's all around us all the time. But think of this, if you could get this mental picture of what, what Jesus says is true, what Paul is saying is true here. Picture yourself as a citizen of heaven. A Christian living in a colony of heaven here in southeastern Wisconsin. So just imagine all of southeastern Wisconsin. Of course, there's many other believers too, but just imagine there weren't. And it's just you and, and your group of Christian people that you know. And you're a colony in the midst of it, set there to live out Christian values and a Christian life in the midst of it. And if we're in that colony of heaven, in the midst of a world that's, that's foreign to us, what do we know to be true? As followers of Jesus, what do we know to be true? Well, I know this. We know this. Our king is in charge. That our king, King Jesus, has an eternal plan that he's working out in this world, so we don't need to be shaken by all the stuff we see going around us. We don't need to be shaken by all the current events. We don't need to be shaken by stuff. Now, they're, they're very real to us, but they don't have to... They don't have to um, be negative, affect us, you know, hurtfully or negatively, because we understand ultimately our king, the one who sent us from his kingdom to establish a colony here, he's over this whole area, and he is in charge. That our king um, reveals a better way to live. He reveals the best way to live. To, as, as we live in our colony, that we're going to look different than the world, but our way that we live in our colony of heaven is a life of love and a life of forgiveness and a life of generosity, a life of even, it says this, of even loving and blessing your enemies. That's, like, that's, a, that's, a, that's a foreign way to live in this world. But when we do that, what we're doing is we're living as a colony of heaven amongst the people who just don't get it. So we live as citizens of heaven among a society that doesn't understand it, and our hope and our prayer is that we will be able to show and reveal to those around us that Jesus' way, the way of the colony, is better than the way of the rest of the world around us, and that others will then want um, what we have, and they'll want to do something. They'll want to leave their citizenship of their world, the Bible calls it the kingdom of darkness, and they'll want to come into Jesus' world his colony, the kingdom of God, and be citizens of heaven with other believers. You know, that's the picture of life that Paul wants Christians to have, that we are citizens of heaven. We are a colony of heaven here on earth. And I want us to understand something. Paul wasn't alone 
in wanting us to see our life like this. It wasn't just Paul's idea to say, well, I think maybe this is the way I'll illustrate it to people. No, Paul wasn't, it wasn't just Paul. It's the way that God wants us to think because I want you to think about the great prayer that Jesus taught to his followers. When his disciples said, Jesus teaches us how to pray, what did, he, what did he teach them? We call it the Lord's Prayer. You know, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. You know, for thine is the, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Did you hear it? Did you hear um, the kingdom in there? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus was painting the same picture for us as Paul is painting here to the Philippians, bringing the realities of heaven to bear on earth here and now. And how does that happen? By his followers, you and me, living as citizens of heaven here and now. By you and me living under the rule and reign of King Jesus today. By you and me letting go of the values of this world. And that doesn't happen automatically. What he's trying to do here is re-narrate our lives to get us to understand life from a different picture, a different story. We're not citizens of the world, so we don't have to follow the ways of the world. We're citizens of a different world. We're citizens of heaven so we need to then we can then let go of the values of this world and live by the values of Jesus today just like the citizens of Philippi would have to have given up the values of life in Philippi to accept the values of Roman life in the Roman colony they lived in that's what Paul says we can do we can live by the kingdom values heaven's values here on earth thy kingdom come Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus is saying, pray for that to happen. Pray, ask God to help this or us as a colony of heaven to bring the reality of heaven, the, the life of heaven, the, that we would act like heaven-like people, meaning like Christ-like people toward one another, and that we would then, in doing it, we'd be bringing the reality of heaven to earth. I want us to know something, though, when we talk about this. Because some people would say this. They say, well, that's just escapism. You want to live in a little colony, kind of forget the world around you? No, it's not a prayer of escapism at all. When the Christian, um, where the Christian just lives, we don't just live to, to live our lives here and then die someday and go off to heaven and be isolated while we're here. No, this is an understanding that we can live in the realities of heaven today, here and now, as we live in Christ today. And this helps us see that what we are longing for isn't an escape from this world, but rather we look forward to a day when Jesus will return to the world and as king, and he will fully establish his rule and his reign here on earth, that he will bring heaven to earth fully, a new heaven and a new earth, purified, free from the brokenness of sin, where he is king and those who worship and follow him will live under his care and his generosity and his splendor forever and ever. And that's why Paul wrote verse 20. Look at it. For our citizenship is in heaven, 
from which also we eagerly await for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. We eagerly wait for a Savior from heaven, the Lord Jesus Christ. That God who's ruling now and over, and he's, he's, he's giving us the, the commission to establish little kingdoms of heaven, colonies of heaven, that one of these days we're waiting for him to return. There's a day coming when, when we um, won't be um, living as foreigners in a colony of heaven among a society and a people that are opposed to Jesus. But heaven will come to earth and we will live fully in the care of King Jesus who will establish his rule and his reign fully. And I want us to look at what Paul says will happen when that, when that comes, when Jesus comes and he establishes that. Look at verse 21. He says, who will, he's talking about Jesus, who will transform the body of our humble state into conformity with the body of his glory by the exertion of the power that he has even to subject all things to himself. By, by Jesus' unlimited power. The power that he will use, he says, to subject everything to himself, everything. He will abolish all that stands opposed to him, all evil, all evil forces, all demonic forces, the devil, the Antichrist. He will bring them all under control with his limitless power, and he will change. He will transform these frail bodies into glorious eternal bodies, that will be able to live with Jesus eternally in a new heaven and a new earth. We will experience what Jesus did. He died in a frail human body, and he was beaten, and he was stabbed with a spear, and he was crucified, and he rose again alive three days later with a brand new body, a spiritual body that's eternal. And that's what Paul is saying in verse 21 is going to happen to every follower of Jesus. We will experience the same transformation, eternal life with eternal bodies. You know what that day is going to be like? Well, we don't know fully, but I know this. No more hearing aids. No more glasses. No more coronavirus. Because I'm recording this right now, and Pastor Mitch is the only one here, and he's in the back of the room with a mask on staying 50 feet away from me because, man, we don't want to spread a virus. Why? Because we have frail bodies that get sick and they break down. There's going to be no more high blood pressure. There's going to be no more, you know, heart problems. For my wife, no more neurological disorders. None of it. No more depression and anxiety. Things that have been ramped up for some people during COVID. None of it. Eternal life with eternal spiritual bodies. That's exactly what the Apostle Paul is saying here. He's saying when, when Jesus comes, we're, we're, we're citizens of, of heaven now. We're, in a, we're little colonies of heaven here on earth. But one day, King Jesus is going to come, and he's going to, in essence, colonize it completely, over, rule over everything in his presence. And when he does that, he's going to give us brand new spiritual bodies that won't be subject to all the stuff we're subject to right now. And they'll be eternal. We'll live with King Jesus forever. So how can having this idea that Paul's painting, this picture that Paul's painting here, how can it shape how you live today? 
how can this, I said, this is all about how I live more for Jesus today and I, I, I live my life. How can it shape, shape it? I think this is how it shapes it the most. You won't settle for petty prizes of a life lived for the values of the world when you know there's some, something so much better. No, like Paul, when we understand the promise of the future and the reality of the present, that we are literally living in a colony of heaven. Because we are. He's not saying, just imagine it, and it's a nice little picture. He's saying, no, that's the truth. You are citizens of heaven. This is your reality. Whether you live out your reality or not, he says, this is your reality, child of God. So when we get that idea in our head, we won't settle anymore for the, the things of the world. We'll want what Paul wanted. What did Paul want? He wanted more. And we'll want more of Jesus, of his fullness in our lives today. So that we can live as citizens here today in Port Washington in such a way that we experience him and we reveal his reality to the world around us. We want this colony of heaven uh, to truly reveal God's glory, so we want to put off anything that will diminish that and, tar- and tarnish it. We, we, we want that when we get this reality. We see this picture in our mind. We go, I want to get rid of anything that will rob me of it. We want to go after anything that will draw us closer to Jesus so it can be continually more formed into his likeness and experience his fullness in our lives more fully. We'll go after anything. So I think as we wrap up this morning, as you're, you know, you're sitting in your house, I think this is the way, the best way to end on this, on this, uh, with this topic, is to ask yourself this: Is there anything you want to put aside? Anything that's getting in your way of walking with Jesus, that's keeping you from fully experiencing life in the colony of heaven? You know, it's you know those things that are in your life. If there's something, I would just say this: Offer it to Jesus today. Just say, Jesus, you know what? I want you more than that. And he'll help you. I want you, Jesus, more than that. Maybe there's something the Holy Spirit's speaking to your mind, your heart today, about a way that you could walk in, in, in greater fullness with him so that you experience more of him. Maybe he's challenging you to... Uh, to spend time with him in prayer, um, to spend time in his word, to spend time in silence and solitude, just sitting with him and inviting his presence in. You know what? Don't let anything of the, of the world around us rob you of that because living in those ways that we connect with Jesus is normal life in the colony of heaven. It's normal to live our lives in a way that we prioritize aligning ourselves with him, being aware of the presence of the Holy Spirit. And so as a citizen of heaven, say, you know what, Lord, here's some things that I, I want to I do in my life so that I'm more aware of you. I, don't want the, I want the things of the world that are robbing of my time right now. They're distracting me. I don't want those to have priority. I want you to have priority. And as we do that, we experience, you experience, I experience more fully the reality of heaven here on earth. Let's pray together.
Lord, I thank you for this word picture of, of the, that's a picture of truth. That the Apostle Paul tells us that we are citizens of heaven. That we as Christians are a colony of heaven here on earth. And I would pray, God, that as we get that image in our mind and it sinks into our hearts, that, Lord, we don't have to live like the world. That we should recognize that we're a lot different than the world. But that you have us right smack dab in the middle of the world so that they can experience your love through us. So I pray for our church family first, that, Lord, you would help us to to integrate this stuff so fully into our hearts and our lives and our activities that really, Lord, when we gather together in our families and in our, in our um, friendships and in our church, that, Lord, the next time we're together, and I hope it's next Sunday, that literally we would experience being a colony of heaven. That we'd interact with people in such a way. We'd love people in such a way. We'd be gracious with one another in such a way. We'd be kind in such a way and generous in such a way that we'd be totally different than the world around us. And we'd get to experience here and now some of the joyous goodness of heaven on earth. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done at Portview as it is in heaven. So Lord, help us to experience that in a more full way in our lives and as a church, in our church life. So that you are glorified. Your love shines brightly through us. Lord, I pray now you would bless every single one that's been watching here this morning. Fill us with your spirit. Give us, give us your, this, this path, your path to walk out um, so we can live the best possible life with you at Nashville. Amen. God bless you, friends. I'm hoping that next Sunday we're in person. And um, until then, uh, just know that you're loved and uh, look forward to being with you together very soon. God bless you.